0: You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.
1: Hey, it's going. Welcome to episode number 484 of Locked On Raptors 4. Thursday, March 28th, I'm your host Sean Woodley at RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. Find the show at Lockdown Raptors, where you can find links to every single episode of the podcast. And, of course, make sure you're checking out the On Podcast Network on any i or podcast app you could possibly think of iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, and also Himalaya, which is a brand new podcast app which we have a partnership with. Uh, It's a great app. You want to download it. You can listen to all your podcasts there as well. And it's great for curating your own little playlists and sort of a personalized podcast experience with Himalaya. So make sure you're downloading that and listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, whichever shows you like on the network on Himalaya. Uh, All right, on today's show. We're still very much in the dog days It's getting closer We're like two weeks away from the playoffs It's coming soon But still some time to kill And I guess the main thing to talk about Is who the Raps are going to end up playing in the first round And for the first time I can remember There are like way too many teams to really dive into like matchup specifics that could, that could potentially play the Raptors in the first round so we're just going to kind of do some broad strokes uh, and look at the six t- or the five teams I don't even know how many bad teams are fighting for those spots right now but there's quite the race going on at the bottom of the east and to talk about those teams and their scariness level and their you know who the Raptors should maybe prefer to play prefer to avoid all that stuff it's our pal Vivek Jacob what's going on buddy
2: not that much. Just uh, actually watching some cricket as we speak, oh, enjoying cool. a little bit of time off, mm-hmm. um, ending up with you, and looking forward to uh, the Raptors playoffs. Because I'm not paying too much attention to these games. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Um, I don't feel like there's too much to take away from it. I feel like Nurse has sort of settled into the rotation that he wants. Um, I think come playoff time, it's probably you know going to be one of uh, Powell, Lin. I don't know I mean, I don't know if he's going to play But mm-hmm. one of, you know, Powell, Lin, McCaw That might sneak in some playoff time Depending on who's hot and Who's, who's got it going But outside of that, I think the rotation set We've seen this all sort of um, Settle into the starting role mm-hmm. uh, And you kind of hope that Ibaka can Pick it up coming off the bench But yeah, I, I, I don't think there's too much to glean From these final few games
1: Yeah, I think we've kind of gotten past the point. For, like, a week there, people were very mad that, like, McCaw and uh, Lin were still getting minutes and, like, like four-man bench units are being used. I think the realization has finally dawned on people that, like, you know, it's not like... Something Nurse is going to use per se in the playoffs. It's mostly just a matter of figuring out who's going to get that 8th spot in the rotation and getting as many guys to run as possible because these games don't matter. And I think the last game was pretty nice. Uh, Who the hell did they play? A bad team. The Bulls. That game happened and the Raps, no one played more than 30 minutes. It was great. Everyone uh, got some work in and then got to chill and you would hope that's the script for most of the games to go down the stretch here. Uh, Of course, the Raptors... Kind of have an interesting role to play in who they're going to end up playing in the first round because they do play quite a few of these teams we're going to talk about today coming up on the schedule, but they also play teams like the Wolves and the Knicks tonight. And you would hope that in those games where neither team is really playing for all that much, it'll just kind of be chill. Mitchell Robinson won't dive in anyone's legs and they'll get through unscathed. Um, But let's talk about the teams that are still alive and still fighting for the playoffs, four of which the Raptors will play over their final seven games. As it stands right now, the Eastern Conference race for futility and the right to get just creamed by whoever they play in the first round stands as this. I lost the page. God damn it. I thought I was going to have it in time before I stopped talking, but no. Uh, So right now, sixth place is held by the... New uh New Jersey Net. Why don't it was called New Jersey Nets? They're the Brooklyn Nets. They're 38 and 37. The Pistons are seventh right now, currently in place to play the Raptors at 37 and 37. The Magic are 37 and 38, having won six in a row. The Heat are currently in ninth at 36 and 38, and the Hornets still hanging on by the grace of like all these like unbelievable wins they've put together that are just completely out of left field. They are currently in tenth place, 35 and 39. Totally. In total, there's a two and a half game separation between the Nets and Hornets, so any of these teams could make it in. Uh, I guess the seventh seed might be hard for a team like the Hornets to get to. The Hornets are probably playing for that last spot to get in, considering they're two uh, a game and a half behind the Magic right now, but. Uh, any of this stuff could happen. The, the Hornets have the most losses at 39, also the fewest wins at 35. Like I, I would say, the Hornets probably have a pretty tough go of it to get in here. But I don't know. First of all, before we get into the specifics of how they match up with the Raptors, like what are you hoping for uh, as the three teams that get the five, the three teams that get the spots out of this group of five? Um, and like I, I don't know, Do, is this compelling to you at all? Like this race for the six, seven, eight in the East?
2: Um, I think it's becoming less compelling just because I feel like the three teams that are there right now are the ones that are going to finish up, okay. uh, at the six, seven, eight. Um, just looking at Miami's schedule, I don't see them getting in, um, as much as everyone is caught up in the emotion and, uh, and as much uh, as nice as it would be to see Dwayne Wade have uh, one final playoff run. Um, and as funny as it would be for Wade to be in the playoffs and LeBron to not be there. Um, uh, But, yeah, realistically, I do think it's going to be the Nets, the Pistons, and the Magic. I know the Nets have the toughest schedule uh, out of of all these teams, but um, I I still think they'll do enough to get by. Um, Pistons uh, obviously have that huge game against the Magic tonight. Um, Mm. This is Thursday? Yes, Yes. Thursday. Uh, (laughs) So, yeah, if they can clinch that, if they can clinch the tiebreaker with the Magic, then I think it's highly unlikely that they drop down to eight. Um, I think it'll pretty much guarantee that they'll finish in the six or seven spot. Um, So I guess the Raptors in that way would be kind of closer to figuring out who they're facing. Um, The Magic are really hot, though, uh, with six straight wins. So um, if they can get the win tonight, they can sort of maintain their role, then that'll be interesting. But I, I, I still think it's going to be these three teams. I, I don't think the Hornets are going to sneak in. I don't think uh, Miami will find a way through. Like the, Just looking at their schedule, um, sure, they got Dallas and New York, but then they've got the two against Boston. They've got Toronto, Philly, and then that final game against Brooklyn, which potentially could be a crazy one depending on how the Nets handle the schedule mm-hmm. uh, that they've got. Um, so who knows? Maybe that could be a uh, battle for the eighth. Um, but yeah, I, I, long answer uh, to to break it down. When I when I started off with saying that these are the three teams that will be in the Nets, the Pistons, the Magic. I don't know what the order will be, um, but I do think those will be the three.
0: The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league. Helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: Yeah, I I mean the Nets, they have a really tough schedule as you alluded to. Sixers tonight, and then Celtics, Bucks, Raptors, Bucks again, Pacers, Heat, and I always have a hard time kind of determining if a schedule is actually tough at the end of the season. Yes, the teams are good, but, like, the Bucks are pretty much locked into the one seed and are also hurt right now. And I would imagine yep. they're going to try to limit themselves from suffering any more injuries before the playoffs begin. Uh, the Raps obviously locked into two, it seems, and don't seem to be trying all that hard either. That might be a win the Nets exactly. can pick up. The Celtics are just a shit show, and I don't trust the Celtics to win anything, even though they're in a race right now for home court against the Pacers in the first round. And so when you sort of break down the schedule, it's like huh? how hard is it really? like how much like are, are they gonna get the best versions of the teams that they're playing? Right. And like the heat, like you said, they play some pretty bad teams. They also play uh, coming up like yeah, they play the Knicks coming up and they have the Mavs and they have the wolves like they have some teams and, and the raps as well who probably don't care on April 7th like it, it, I just I don't really see all that much in the way of resistance for either of these teams and so that last game might actually kind of be the decider and right? i kind of hope we get that it's always fun when we get a last uh game of the last day of the season where you have a game yeah. between two got two teams that are going to get shit canned in the first round but it's still fun to watch um and so, well, I'm hoping so last to year
2: there, there was that uh, game between the wolves and the nuggets right and that yeah. was insane
1: yeah oh. and, and then the wolves got swept yeah <laughs> So there's much ado about nothing, really. But yeah, give me that last game of the season. It's always fun. There was that Pelican-Spurs game, I think, too. That was one. Uh, like, the Spurs were in, but the Pelicans needed to win. And then the Thunder ended up losing uh, out because of it. I believe that was the thing. And then the Spurs fell from, like, 3 to 6. This was the year, I think, uh, the Spurs lost in the first round to the Clippers, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, yeah, give me that last day of the season drama, even if it doesn't matter all that much in the grand scheme of things. Although maybe... Whoever slips in at the 8th will beat the horribly injured Bucks
2: in a crazy 8-1 upset. Who knows? <laughs> Sean, I just realized um, the Wolves did not get swept. They won a game against the Rockets.
1: Oh, that's right. Uh, okay, fine. Then whatever team uh, um, will win one game against well, the first know,
2: round just, <laughs> just, just, just want to be respectful of our Wolves listeners, if there are any out there. Literally their um,
1: only playoff win in 15 years? I can't believe I forgot it for them. That's such a a monumental moment for them. So, yeah. I I apologize to the Minnesota 10 Wolves personally. (laughs) Um,
2: Yeah, 14 seasons. God.
1: so bad. Like, (laughs) it's insane. Watching that Bulls game on Tuesday, man, I, I was just thinking, this team is so bad, and there were so many years where the Raptors were, like, that bad, too. And it's kind of like the thing where it's like, now I see people when they're like 19 years old being like assholes, and I'm like, I wasn't that much of an asshole when I was 19, was I? But like, I was. And the raps were that bad. (laughs) Like... It's uh it's a nice bit of perspective when you look at this horrible team just like running out the clock in the season. And the Raps are running out the clock in their own way, but uh they're they're a fifty two win team and they can they deserve to run out the clock and have earned the right. Uh short
2: we, the season.
1: God, so badly do they need to do that. I know they never will, but holy god.
2: I think they will, Sean. I think I wouldn't I, honestly I wouldn't even be surprised if it was the very next CBA.
1: I just don't think the owners will ever go for it. Those extra, uh, like, say you cut it down to 70 games, which is yeah. probably the sweet spot. That's yeah. six home games you're not having anymore. And well, I guess there, I mean, like, like not the not argument, sorry, go ahead.
2: Uh, because Adam Silver, I mean, he talked about this at the Sloan Conference, um, where, you know, there is the possibility of reducing the schedule and uh, introducing, like, an NBA Cup
1: hell yeah. Oh, yeah I've I've been a fan of this my entire life I feel like Adam Silver's read my old personal blog from back in the day I did a whole thing about
2: this <laughs> <laughs> so there's and that is something that would be enticing to owners where okay sure you lose six regular season games Yeah. Uh, but and you know technically it, it, for some teams it might only be one game because it might be a knockout tournament but Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe if you had like a mini group phase uh, where each team was guaranteed like two or three home games. Mm -hmm. Now, now at least those games have some context, right? Yeah. Uh, Whereas now, I think it's just like, especially now with uh, with all the rest, it's just getting ridiculous. Yeah. So, um, I think with all the sports science, which shows that you know, which shows the impact of back to backs, which it which shows. Uh, how much these players need to rest, how much, uh, how much sleep, uh, like a proper sleep pattern matters. Um, I think we will get to a, a stage where, at the very least, uh, the schedule is reduced to 72 games or 70 games. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, to the people who argue about, uh, you know, regular season records and whatnot, I mean, look at the way the scoring is trending up in the league right now. Yeah. It's like, that in itself is, is, is changing uh, is sort of all, all these record books. So I don't think we need to worry about 82 games. It'll be 72 games and it'll just be fine because of all, the, all these teams. Because of all, all, all the video available of all the offensive stuff that we see now, like they're going to find newer and better ways to just keep getting more efficient.
1: People still talk about Will Chamberlain and Oscar Robertson's record, even though there was no three-point line. Like that is such a hollow argument to me that I just don't care about at all. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and like, it's per-game stats that are like. Sorry, go ahead. Right, no, no, you go ahead. no, it's like per-game stats they are the ones that people care about anyway, right? Like, I, I know exactly. I know people are worried, right? Because like LeBron's climbing the all-time scoring list and all that stuff right now, but like, no one gives it. I couldn't tell you how many points Kareem scored. Like, I have no fucking clue. <laughs> like, I know that, like, Wilt averaged 50 over a season. I know that for sure. I know, like, Michael Jordan averaged, like, 37 over a season. I know that James Harden's averaging 36 right now. I, I couldn't tell you yeah. how many points James Harden has in his career. So, like, it's only the counting stats that'll be hurt by shortening the season. And if everyone's playing closer to 70 or closer to our full schedule anyway, because there's no need to rest, then uh, you're kind of mitigating that anyway, because guys are resting a dozen games as it stands anyway. So... Um, Also, I wonder if you could maybe mitigate the cost of, you know, slashing six home games by just being like, hey, this is the Sprite NBA Cup brought to you by Sprite and then dispersing all of the money that Sprite pays or whatever other company pays to sponsor the tournament and use that to sort of offset the cost of the fewer home games because it's just gate revenue we're talking about, right? Like gate revenue is such a minuscule part of what all these teams are bringing in anyway that I agree they should just bite the bullet because it will, like, I think, translate to a, a product people want to pay more money for anyway, right? Like, if everyone's playing, they know like the star players are going to play in games. Then, like, I don't see any drawback to it other than the gate yeah, revenue exactly. being lost. And I
2: mean, the, you 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 make a good point about how insignificant the gate revenue is now. Because I mean, it's all a TV deal. The, fact, the the fact that that is the reason that eighty two games were introduced in the first place, mm-hmm. because way back when. That was the only source of revenue that you had. Like, it boggles my mind that, you know, an institution as large as the NBA hasn't figured out a way to sort of cater to their players better and just have an overall better product.
1: Uh, it's probably because old white people are stupid, yet they own most of the teams. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, sure. Yeah, we're, we should probably get back on track here. But first, uh, <laughs> I want to tell people about our sponsor for today. And that is Wise Cam. Wise is the indoor camera that does it all. Wise is packed with premium features that allows you to see everything from anywhere inside your home for only $20. 1080p, full HD, images so clear you won't miss a thing. Night vision as well, and also two way audio. You get all of these features with Wise. Wise's mission is to bring amazing smart home products into everyone's home and make them accessible for everyone. Check on your home anytime with Wise's apps live stream. Connect with life as it unfolds in sharp focus, live stream with eight times digital zoom as well. And also you get free 14 day rolling cloud storage as well. So you can go back 14 days and check out anything that's been filmed on your wise in your home. Whether you want to watch your kids destroy your house from afar, whether you want to you know, set up a camera somewhere to watch birds in your backyard, whether you want to watch food simmer on the stove for, stoves for a few hours while you run errands or while you go take a little sit down in the living room. Anything can be done with Wise in your home. And you want more? They have that too. For just $10 more, Wise Cam Pan gives you 360-degree coverage in under 3 seconds. Life moves fast. Your camera should too. 110 degrees per second rotation speed, 360-degree horizontal range, and a 93-degree vertical range, all with Wise Cam Pan. Patrol your room with Pan Scan. Set the camera's patrol route up with up to 4 custom waypoints as well. Wise Cam Pan automatically detects tags and tracks motion within its field of view keeping up with life in real time has never been so easy also it works with your smart speakers whether it's alexa or google home or whatever it is free rolling 14 day cloud storage as well don't forget that it all works perfectly with wise and you can use wise Anywhere with your mobile phone, wherever you are, whether you're on the road, whether you're not even in the country on your mobile phone, you can keep up with what's going on in your house with Wise. Go to wise.com slash locked to get the guaranteed lowest price. That's wise.com, W Y Z E dot com slash locked to get the guaranteed lowest price on Wise.
0: The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: All right, Vivek, let's continue on with uh what we were originally talking about, not the Sprite NBA Cup, but uh, instead, the, the battle for 6-10 through 10 in the Eastern Conference, which is slightly less compelling than a knockout tournament would be. But still, uh, they, there are Raptors implications here, obviously. The Raptors, in their closing schedule, play four of these teams, as I mentioned at the top. They play the Magic, the Nets, Hornets, and Heat all in four straight games, actually, between April 1st and April 7th. Um, and then they also play the Knicks tonight, the Bulls and the Wolves. So, pretty easy schedule uh, in terms of, like, opponent-wise and, like, opponent-winning percentage record-wise. But not so easy, because a lot of these teams are actually going to be trying. Um, of these five teams, what's the one that you're hoping most the Raptors avoid in the first round?
2: Um, I guess I kind of have an upside-down answer. Okay. Because uh, uh, I want the Raptors to sort of get battle-tested in the first round as much as possible, because I fairly confident that they'll get through it regardless mm-hmm. uh, so I would hope that they don't face the magic just because I don't think that really helps them prepare for what's coming mm-hmm. um, I'd rather have them ideally I think I'd rather have them face the Nets right. um, to get that that preparation but I'm okay with facing the Pistons and maybe having um, sort of an emotional series that sort of you know gets them geared up and uh, helps them going forward. Uh, so those would be my two preferred opponents, um, but ideally the Nets, uh, just because, you know, their three-point shooting, the way they play, the math, the analytics, uh, I think that's something that the Raptors uh, can be better prepared for. And, you know, there I, I think there are uh, some similarities in terms of the way they look to defend, uh, where, you know, Jared Allen kind of plays that one-man zone and, they, and the Bucks kind of make Brook Lopez plays the same way, so um, I think there is there 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 is some stuff that they can take away from that series. Um, if if it were to happen, uh, that could help them going forward.
1: Yeah, I kind of have a similar upside down answer, but not really for the same reason. Because I don't think any of these teams are really gonna battle test the Raptors all that much. Like I know the Nets have like this very high variance style, and it might win them a game or two here and there, but I don't think it's it would be you know any indication of them being good or like or worthy of the Raptors. I just think um, the Raps, with Kawhi, with Gasol now, it's just, for the first time, it should be a pretty easy first-round series. Like, I think we're kind of deciding between is it going four or five with a lot of these teams, and the Nets are fine, I guess, and they play a, an entertaining style that some people like. I prefer a, a style with, like, talent, and I know D'Angelo Russell's great and all, but... I just, the way the Nets play, it just, they, the, their style is born out of the fact that they aren't talented. You know, they have to play that way because there's no other way for that team to find success because it's not you know, overflowing with uh, really good players. And yes, maybe I'm slandering Spencer Dinwiddie and Karis LeVert and Jarrett Allen in a way that some people might take offense, but I would rather play the Pistons because, A, I want to watch Blake Griffin. Like, he's really fun. And, like, the the sports hate aspect of it all is really cool. Like, the the Dwayne Casey-Nick Nurse matchup, like, the storylines there are really fun. Um, I also think the Raptors would win that series pretty easily as well, despite being 0-3 against Detroit this season. I think you'd have the, like, the crazy-ass Raptors fans going down in busloads. That's going to add a whole other element to the series, too, that I think would be really fun and intriguing. Maybe we could even go to games. Like, (laughs) it's not out of the question. Like, it's... Just a way more compelling matchup, and if my first round matchup is going to be a four or five game walk, I would prefer it be against a team where there's at least a little bit of narrative juice, and like that doesn't exist with the Hornets at all. <laughs> the Hornets are maybe the most boring team with one of the darkest outlooks of any team. The Heat, similar. I'm just i I'm done with the Heat being in the playoffs. I, like, I'm like you. I hope the Nets, Pistons, and Magic are there, um, and I think the Magic are... Kind of a sneaky interesting. Honestly, I might be the most worried about the Magic if I'm the Raptors because I think they're the best team of this bunch probably. Um, And like, they—I mean—they're the best team uh, statistically. They're like the only team of any of these teams that's a positive net rating on the season. Uh, They are a plus zero point one net rating, (laughs) and this is after being like the best team by net rating over the last two months. Um, So maybe they're they're more what they were at the start I'm usually kind of a person who does buy What the first half of the season says more than whatever Happens in the second because there's so many Weird factors at play with how teams are Playing in the second half of the season so maybe I'm buying too much into the magic But uh, they have like a weird Sort of kooky collection of players I don't think any of these teams is really going to match A style that the Like the Bucks or Sixers or Celtics Is going to play they're all very different The Pistons are kind of just like please Blake Do stuff for us um, with, like, Wayne Ellington kind of spotting up and stuff, I suppose, and Andre Drummond grabbing a lot of rebounds and kind of providing empty, empty calories a lot of the time. I'm really disparaging all these teams. Goddamn. Um, but I just... I mean, this, it's, it's a really weird sensation to just not be worried at all and to just think that the first round is actually just going to be a formality the way it should be for a team that is a 50-plus win team with Kawhi Leonard and Kyle Lowry and Marcus Gasol and Danny Green. Like, that team should beat the hell out of whoever they play in the first round. And I think that actually will come to fruition this season for the first time. So, long way of saying, give me the Pistons, because I think it's uh, that's more fun narratively than any of these other series would be. As much as it'd be great to have Masai and go drop another fuck Brooklyn in the square before a, a Nets series, I think it would have a little bit less juice, considering there's no need for the Raptors to talk a big game against the Nets, because they would probably beat them in four games. Um, <laughs> do you, uh, like... I don't even know where to go from this. Like, do any of these teams even have a chance of pulling an upset over any of these teams matchup-wise at all? Do you think? I don't. I, I don't think this isn't going to be a year where they're like. I feel like it's going to go pretty chalk.
2: Yeah, no, I agree with you for, for the East. I mean, if there is a sort of bizarre world upset, it might be the Pacers over the Celtics, but yeah. Uh, other than that. Um, especially if they can hold on to home court. Um, but I think other than that, uh, everything should go according to plan. Um, I don't think the Bucks are losing anyone. I don't think the Raptors are losing anyone. I don't think the Sixers are losing anyone. Um, the, I guess maybe, you know, uh, if the Pistons get the Sixers, that could be maybe at, at least somewhat tasty just because of all the drum and beat stuff. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so, and, you know, Casey obviously brings a lot of experience to the table. Uh, so, you know, I, I think that could potentially be an interesting series if it were to happen. Um, but I still wouldn't pick anyone to lose, not, not in a game of seven, uh, in a best of seven. Mm-hmm. Um, and, that, and that's part of why I'm also done with the best of sevens for uh, the mm-hmm. first round. I, I wish they could go back to the best of five for that. Um, I am with you there. Uh, but that's yeah. for another podcast before we uh, <laughs> <that version. laughs> we'll save
1: all of our Yeah, we'll, we'll, we can only do one league reform per episode so that's fair <laughs> <laughs> It's so all these teams are so equally average and blah like the Magic are the best right now uh, net rating wise at a plus 0.1 the Hornets are the worst at a minus 0.9 net rating these teams comprise 14 through 19 in the net rating standings with the Kings only hopping in there as the 18th team. Um, but like, they're just all the same team. And I-, I think the Pistons probably are the most dangerous because of Blake. And because I guess Reggie Jackson's a thing again, um, which makes them a little more potent, I suppose, if he's going to be like the the Reggie Jackson that got paid. But yeah, right. I'm so unmoved by all of these teams I uh, it's almost a shame the Wizards fell apart the way they did because I still feel like Bradley Beal would be the best player on any of these teams, and would actually like you know can win a game by himself if he wants to. Mm-hmm. But they're not going to make it. They're I think close to officially eliminated, which is funny. Um, yeah, this is. Uh, I wish it was a little I, bit more like I, I wish yeah, there was this... like a kryptonite... like I wish each of the top three teams had like a Kryptonite team in the bottom kind of lurking here where there's just like a weird matchup right. where it's going to be a problem, but I just don't see that at all.
2: Um, The one thing I will ask is, you know, we talked about the magic a bit. Um, yeah. How real do you think their defense is? Because uh, they've been number one in the league pretty much since the trade deadline. Um, do you think that's a real thing? But again, I, I mean, I, I know you mentioned that. You're more a proponent of what happens, you know, over the first half of the season, rather than second half. I don't know how, how much you've got to watch them, mm-hmm. um, but just interested in your thoughts on that.
1: Yeah, I think it makes sense that they'd be good at defense, right? Like they have Jonathan Isaac, who feels like someone who can kind of be a dude you can build a defense around, and like Vucevic is not a great defender, but he's not like a an enormous liability, I suppose. It is, uh, in ways it makes sense because like Steve Clifford's a really good coach and he's always coached good defenses, but at the same time, like, DJ Augustine's still playing a lot of minutes and he has never struck me as an excellent defender or anything like that. This roster is weird. uh, No, it doesn't make sense that they're good at defense, actually. (laughs) It's an insane (laughs) roster. I guess Aaron Gordon's good now? Like, it might just be a coaching thing. Like Steve Clifford might be great, or maybe Frank Vogel was just that bad. I don't I don't know, but it might just be a coaching up the thing and like they're they're playing really well. But yeah, like I feel like this happens all the time where we see teams that have excellent second halves because they kind of get it together. Maybe the schedule lines up in a more favorable way than it did in the first half of the year. I think of like Portland a couple years ago where the Heat a couple years ago where they started like eleven and thirty they went on a crazy run to make the playoffs and then we're just kind of like, alright, well they're they're averaging and gonna lose in the first round. And I kind of think that's probably what the magic are. Like I don't think they are like I just I don't think they have the talent really that strikes me as right. like, yeah, this team is like definitely good. Like who's right. their like who's like I guess it's Vooch, right? Is their best player. That seems weird. Like, that seems weird that a team would have, like, anyone believing in them with Vooch as their best player. I mean, he's been insanely good this year, but it just—the talent just makes no sense. I guess I'm forgetting my friend Terrence Ross. I mean, he kind of raises everyone's tide, I suppose, by being a god. But, uh, (laughs) like, it's just like a bunch of solid players, I guess. Like, Evan Fournier, just a solid player who shoots okay and can get some buckets for you and kind of do some things across the board. It, right it, their success is a little perplexing I gotta say yeah
2: yeah so the one thing you know I will say about the defense uh that I am suspect about is they they've been the number one defense without forcing turnovers yeah um so the one thing they've been great at is you know, closing out possessions with, with a rebound and but, but the one thing that I don't think will hold up is since the trade deadline I'm looking at it Opponents are shooting 29.6% from three.
1: Uh-huh.
2: Uh, and, you know, as we've seen, sometimes uh, those, those numbers can fluctuate. And So Magic have just, I think, been in a good stretch where, you know, teams... Uh, I, I guess you can call it a bit of luck where, you know, you don't expect over a 20-game stretch for teams to shoot 29.6%. So obviously, you got to give them credit for contesting shots. 31.6%. Um, attempts a game is uh, about average in terms of uh, uh, attempts allowed. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's better than average. It's, it's better than the average. Um, but yeah, I, I would be shocked if they were able to hold teams to 30% shooting um, in the playoffs. So once that kind of stuff normalizes out, you're not able to get out and transition. You're in the half court that much more uh, on offense. I think that's where uh, they'll run into some problems. So Um, Because, again, who is creating shots for them outside of Vucevic?
1: Yeah, I also wonder if, like, in a playoff series, Vuce and, like, his deficiencies defensively will kind of be exposed. And maybe this is me just speaking through Jonas' colored glasses, where I've seen many times Jonas can be very good, but then in the right matchup or the wrong matchup, I guess would be the word for it, like, that pick-and-roll partnership. Like, the him and... DJ Augustine, pick-and-roll defense pairing. Like, I feel like that's something teams will just target over and over and over again, right? And then can they hold up enough and provide enough offensive juice? Because, like, if their defense falls off any, like I, like you've said, there's not a lot of, in terms of shot creation. Like, Terrence Ross might be the best shot creator on this team, like, from the wing, which is crazy. I love Terrence Ross, yeah. but that's an insane thing. And so right. if that's the case... And your defense falls off even a little bit because those weaknesses are being exploited. The way weaknesses tend to be exploited in the playoffs, which is you know, just kind of how playoff basketball is played, I don't think they have yeah. the juice offensively to keep up with the team. And I feel like they'd be a team that you can solve pretty quickly. You know what I mean? Like, oh, this yeah. is the weakness. We hit that. They can't counter it because without Vucevic on the floor, they have no shot. And once that weakness has been exploited, like the just the math just won't work. And maybe that is where I would see their downfall coming. And I could see, like, uh, you know, the Jonas, or sorry, the Kyle Gasol pick and roll. Like, if they were to play a 2-7, like, Kyle Gasol pick and roll with, like, Kawhi, like, oh my god, the raps are so talented. And, like, Siaka and all these are <laughs> just, like, cutting and spotting up off of that. Like, I just, I don't see how you defend that. Or even if you want to do, like, a Kawhi Gasol pick and roll, which is the thing I think the rappers should do more of because it seems unguardable to me, but that's just me. Um, like, what is like? Who you throwing out, like? Aaron Gordon throwing him on Kawhi, and Kawhi's making the same face he made when Paul George guarded him, and then we're <coughs> just picking that apart. Like, it feels like maybe by like a lesser team if they were to play the Pacers that they were lucky enough to get that three six and the Pacers had hung on. Maybe you could say, you know, you could talk yourself into them upsetting the Pacers, but I don't see it at all. And I, and I am curious where they go from here. This feels like almost like that sun season where they won like 48 games and missed the playoffs by a game and were really fun. And then they like, were like, Hey, we're good. Now and they made moves as though they were good now. And then yeah. it all kind of fell apart. I wonder if the magic will do that or if they'll just be gutted by free agency and Vooch and Ross leave. And it's like, Oh God, what do we do now? Um, like, I don't. I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing if the Magic make the playoffs because they've missed it so many years in a row that like just getting there and being like, oh hey, this is a thing we can do in April. I feel like that's got to be right. like a bit of a boost to the fan base and to the players involved that have been there forever. But uh, I do wonder mm-hmm. if like we'll be talking next year and looking at this Magic team being like, how the hell did they make it into the eight seed? Like that seems wild. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Oh, I, I'm with you on that. I think that's an interesting comparison with the Suns, uh, with that Suns team.
1: Obviously, um, that that Suns team had eleven point guards, and this one has uh, maybe one. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anything else we should do here? Uh, should we wrap this thing up? Like, any other notes on these players or anything like that? Um, or players, teams. What the hell am I talking about? <laughs> <laughs>
2: No, I was I was actually just quickly scanning through um, the Magic schedule post Feb eighth, um, just to just to get a feel for um, their opponents, and so twelve of the teams have been under five hundred, and some of them are you know like the Cavs, the Hawks, um, so they're winning the games they're supposed to. Um, they've lost a couple. They've lost some tough games. I mean. That's the thing it's hard to get a feel because even those wins, like when they beat Toronto, there was no Kawhi, uh, when they beat the Bucks there was no Giannis. So, again, um, there's a bit of an asterisk there, right? So, mm-hmm. um, I yeah, I, again, I think we're at the same conclusion. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be nice for them to make the playoffs, um, but you don't really see them making any noise.
1: Yeah, uh, I think that's a good enough place to leave it. Uh, Vivek, thank you for coming on, man. You have anything you'd like to plug right now?
2: No. Uh, stay tuned for April 1st. I will say that much.
1: Woo-hoo!
2: Uh, follow me on Twitter at uh, Do
1: that. Uh, you can follow me at with the Sean. Please read the Kawhi Leonard to staying bracket. The Sweet 16 dropped yesterday. The Elite 8 will drop tomorrow. So that's been a lot of fun. Thanks to anyone who has sent nice words along about that. Uh, I think That is it. If you're a Patreon subscriber, check your feed. There's a new Patreon episode. And if you want to subscribe to the Patreon page, patreon.com slash Raptors, I would very much appreciate your patronage over there. Uh, Got a new mailbag podcast up today. We'll be doing some more history stuff, some playoff history-related stuff as we get closer to the postseason as well. Um, Getting back on the horse with that after a little while of a hiatus because of work-related stuff. But uh, back strong over with the primos pasta and ross podcast on the patreon page and that's about it make sure you're subscribing rating reviewing on itunes stitcher spotify google play and also himalaya the new podcast app that is perfect for curating your own podcast playlists and personalizing your experience and uh, we have a good partnership going with them so make sure you're downloading the himalaya app to listen to the locked on podcast network and this podcast locked on raptors and uh, that's going to do it thank you so much for tuning in we will talk to you next time on locked Sweet, thanks, buddy.
2: Sweet, thank you.
0: Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.